The Diehard Eagles podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same game parlays to live in game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet 100, get 100, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WYNNBET. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by SGPN's Big Game Squares Contest, $1,000 prize pool, and completely free to enter. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash squares to enter today. Welcome, everyone, to the Die Hard Eagles podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I'm your host, Sean, stacking the money green with my fellow diehards, Rob and Justin, and the Philadelphia Eagles punched their ticket to Super Bowl 57 with a dominating win, 31-7 to over the San Francisco 49ers. A lot of complaining by the 49ers. Oh, the refs. Oh, we would have won if we hadn't gotten injured. Come on, let's be honest. You couldn't block the Philadelphia Eagles. You couldn't stop Hassan Reddick. That's why you lost. You Kyle Shanahan, the coaching genius, decided to try and block him with the tight end. You didn't challenge an obvious drop by Devonta Smith. You got worked by someone who wasn't even nominated for coach of the year. You lost that game. You lost by 24. Thoughts and prayers. Dominating win. For me, there were so many good plays, so many highlights, but I'll tell you the one that maybe doesn't get talked about a ton was that that AJ Brown catch where it, initially watching it I thought it was a bad throw by Hertz but rewatching it on the film like he really they they had a ton of pressure he he miraculous throw to get it off threaded it perfectly it was really low and then AJ Brown sucked it right off the ground got the first down kept the drive alive so much to like from that win Justin, tough to tough to pick your favorite moment, but what do you got? Yeah, I think uh, in the same vein, I mean, mine is has to do with the catch as well, and it's that Devontae catch, and you can argue whether it was a catch or not. I, I Honestly, I don't think it was in the end, but it's not our fault that they didn't challenge it, right? Uh, I think the, my favorite moment, though, overall was the coaching because after that catch, you see Devontae immediately come up, start putting the fists together, and I was watching the game with some Niners fans, and I was like, oh, crap. I was like, I don't think he caught that, it. I mean, yeah. they're, they're running to the line. He's making that motion. You assume that, you know, he's been coached, like get up to the line. It's something that uh, watching games over the years, you've wished teams would do, but this seems so obvious at the time. I thought Kyle was going to throw the flag. He never did. They never got a good replay. It didn't look like before they got the playoff, but man, that was great. And then even the the play where Purdy got injured and it looked like it might be an incomplete pass and it wasn't uh, intercepted. It was actually a fumble. I mean, if you look at it, I forget who, who dropped the potential interception, but then Linval Joseph immediately picked up the ball and tried to run with it. And it's that's another thing you see in games sometimes where guys think it's an incomplete pass and they just let the ball sit there forever. And then it goes back to the offense. If he doesn't pick that up, we're screwed. So just huge coaching details right there. And it's it's great to see because in closer games, especially in the playoffs, those are usually the things that make or break you. Yeah, 100%. I mean, to your point, like 
those are two things that I know just sitting on my couch, slamming some high noons that uh, I'm always saying like, Hey, you got to fall on that ball. What are you doing? Pick that up. That could be a fumble or Hey, run up and hurry up and call that play. Like those are obvious things that even guys like us sitting on our couch, watching the game know to do. And, and we're like, Hey, if we're a head coach, we would always do that. Nick's or the the best example. Hey, if it's fourth and one, and I have a guy like Jalen hurts, I'm running for it every damn time. And he does it and it works. It, it's crazy. I, admittedly, I almost lost a little, I I was nervous when fourth and one on our own 35, the game was tied at seven at that point and fourth and one, don't think anything about it. Just go up, run the QB sneak at the first down. It's, it's really crazy. Sirianni, I think really had, you could make a case the best game of anyone on the team, but Rob, what, what was your big takeaway? What's your, what's your favorite part of the huge victory in the conference championship? Wow, how about that defensive genius, Jonathan Gannon? I mean, who, who would ever doubt that guy? What what a performance, what a defensive performance, and announces he's coming back. Um, no, but seriously, you got to give kudos to the defense. I mean, they won us the game, candidly. Yeah. I don't think it was our best offensive game. I get that we scored, you know, it was 31-7, but... Uh, we really, it was the defense that allowed us to get that many points. It was not an offensive, uh, you know, juggernaut game by any means. I still think Hertz is bothered a bit by the shoulder. I mean, he missed AJ Brown on that wide open deep shot. Um, mm. so that does give me a little pause, uh, you know, that hopefully they, they start clicking a little more, but that defense, man, they just clicked, they bailed us out. And, you know, it's like you said, everyone's saying, well, you beat them with no quarterback. Well, we beat them with no quarterback because the defense knocked them out and no one's rooting for injury. Um, but, you know, they were they were getting after the quarterbacks and making everything tough. And, um, you know, I think Reddit, Justin, to your point about Joseph picking up that fumble, he said he knew right away it was a fumble. And I, I think he said he was yelling for, for, you know, for the play and for it to be yeah. challenged. So I think he knew right away. Um you know, there there's so many takeaways from this game. Um, you know, as you said, I, I think it was a great coaching uh, day for the team. I think the Eagles and, you know, I saw and I'm, I wish I could give credit because I don't know who first pointed it out online, but even the offense made a subtle tweak how they started running to the weak side, I think. To, to throw the linebackers off. I think they did it first on that Miles Sanders touchdown. Um, and, you know, I saw that noted that that was a great adjustment by Steichen and Sirianni. So, um, you know, it was just a fun game. It was a great game. Um, you know, I almost wish Purdy had just played the whole game so we wouldn't have to, you know, hear about it from the 49ers <laughs> and, and from other people that, you know, this this was an easy win. But, um, hey, a win's a win, and we are going to the Super Bowl. Hell yeah. And it's crazy. I mean, yeah, I, uh, just getting to the Super Bowl. I think, uh, I think we were all on a similar page when we came into the season of, Hey, you know, this year's about getting that first playoff victory for Jalen, you know, kind of taking that next step as a passer. And he's certainly done that. And the defense I think was taking, has taken a massive jump. You know, everyone, ta- ever the, the big takeaway is going to be, Oh, Eagles haven't played anyone. You know, the, the competition they've played has been shitty, but also we've been dominating these teams. Like, you know, no, no shade on the chiefs, but 
if they don't get that unsportsmanlike penalty tacked on to the uh to the Mahomes run, who knows if they're even at the Super Bowl? Like we just beat two teams in the playoffs. And yeah, granted, we had the easiest path because that's what happens when you go 14 and three in the regular season to lock up the number one seed. Your path gets a little bit easier. And we just dominated both teams. I mean, you you want to look at like comparables. Again, it it sounds crazy, but we're right up there with sacks with the 1985 Chicago Bears and the Chicago Bears. Their first two games, they allowed zero points. They shut out back to back, uh, back to back opponents. Now, we're, our defense probably isn't quite there, but man, back to back playoff wins where you only allow seven points. Back to back playoff wins where Gardner Minshew gets in because we're benching our starters because the game is out of hand. It's I don't know. It, it's really been crazy and and very exciting to see the defense and really the fact that we were able to, you know, injuries aside on uh, for the 49ers, the fact that we were able to run the ball on this team uh, against this 49ers defense is is something that's really really exciting. Uh as far as concerns for the game, yeah, Sean, before you even yeah. go to concerns, I got to chime in and I meant to to touch upon this immediately that Obviously, you know, Reddick is, is probably the player of the game. I, I don't know that anyone would really dispute that, but I did I name him gotta, my player of the game, Rob. Yeah, I mean, it's tough not to, but uh, I think you got to give a ton of kudos to Lane Johnson. I mean, oh, the yeah. guy is playing, um, yeah. you know, with an injury and shut down Bosa. I mean, he gave up no sacks. I don't think he gave up a hurry. Um, I mean, it cannot be understated. Um, you know, how well Lane is playing, even with the injury. I mean, he is really the, uh, you know, the, the, I guess him and Kelsey are really the pieces that anchor that offensive line. And, uh, we've talked about many times on the show that we just don't play as well when Lane's not in the game. So to have him play at such a high level with this injury is really pretty, pretty phenomenal. And he deserves a lot of credit. Yeah, it, 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 between two games, zero QB hits, zero sacks. That's that's really impressive. Now, I know we didn't throw the ball a ton against the 49ers, uh and I think maybe they had you know, a couple uh a couple t- tackles for loss and I think one box score may have graded Hertz's like bootleg run where he maybe lost like a tenth of a yard as a sack, but really uh, they've just done such a good job of protecting him and and really just kind of dominating in the trenches. And that's really, really kind of been the difference is just both both games. We just push them around and, you know, to the point in the second half where it felt like both the 49ers and Giants were kind of just looking to bleed the clock and get out of there. As far as, uh, you know, concerns for the game coming up, I'll tell you one, our punter, I think, is a legit issue. You know, in a game where we can't give the uh, Chiefs any sort of uh, good field position or any sort of, you know, freebies when it comes to returns, the fact that he has struggled so much now, granted, it'll be in a dome. Maybe, maybe there's some outdoor stuff, but he did hit that cable. And then there was that drama of like, oh, they wouldn't let him redo it because they didn't have video of it hitting the cable, which seemed like. Gate, Sean. Cablegate. Uh, we, I mean, again, when you're playing this offense, you can't give them shitty punts. Uh, I, I maybe we'll just have to run it back like we did against the Patriots and not punt at all in the Super Bowl. That that is one strategy to avoid the punter. But I, I think the punter is a real issue. 
Taking a quick break to talk about win bet. That's right. They got you covered for the big game right around the corner. You want to get down on your Philadelphia Eagles? Of course you do. You got to do with the best win bet, baby. Bet big, win even bigger. Thanks to uh, all the great promotions, great odds. A lot of places, minus 110, not over at WinBet, minus 108 right now on the juice for the Eagles, laying one and a half, uh, money line minus 125, total sitting at 49 and a half, and of course, a plethora of amazing prop bets. You like uh, A.J. Brown to score the first touchdown, that's eight to one. You like Zach Pascal to score the first touchdown, 30 to one. So many ways to win over at WinBet. Bet big, win bigger. Restrictions apply. Sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash win bet. Bet $100. Get $100. And of course, if you or somebody knows a gambling problem, call 1 800 522 4700. Offers are subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older. And present in the state where a playthrough win bet is available. And we're back on the Diehard Eagles podcast. It's tough. Yeah. I think Kern has, has struggled a little bit. I know last game maybe isn't a fair assessment because of the cable and the 17 mile an hour winds. Um, I did see McAfee talking about him a little bit, and especially with his first punt, he might have kicked it a, a little low to keep it under, but it did roll in the end zone. It's something you and I talked about briefly, Sean, uh, at the beginning when we first logged in together is, you know, it, even if he can't boom it as far as he used to, he's got to be able to pin them down. Like, especially in the playoffs, you, do, you don't want the, that ball rolling into the end zone, giving them the, those extra yards. You know, try and get him inside the 10 at worst, inside the 15, but it shouldn't be rolling rolling into the end zone at this point. And I'm with you. I mean, the punter is a little bit of a concern, especially in a game where it could be decided by field position in the end. Yeah. I mean, what about you? I, I, I obviously, I think uh, hurts again, his arm hasn't really, it's weird. Like he had that nice deep shot to Devonta to start the, um, start the giants game, but you know, he missed AJ, I'm assuming, you know, watching that it was on hurts on a little bit of an overthrow and I'm sure, you know, his shoulder has been a, a bit of an issue and uh, yeah, I don't know. Like I, I think his shoulder, it'll be interesting to see where his shoulder is in two weeks. Yeah, I hear you there too, Sean. I mean, that is a little bit of a concern of mine. Um, most definitely. I mean, if you look at the last two games, he hasn't passed a whole, t- a whole lot and uh, luckily, we haven't needed him to, so why ask him to throw more than he needs to, as you said, with the shoulder injury? Uh, but at the same time, it means that he hasn't gotten the reps that he might need coming into a game two weeks from now. I mean, he had well, he was out for a couple weeks because of Minshew came back, he hasn't thrown a ton. And uh, I don't know if last this past game when he did throw, as you said, he was throwing a little low, it seemed like, or a little off. Uh, as Rob pointed out, that other throw to AJ. Um, is that rust or was that 17 mile an hour winds? Who knows? But it is something to keep an eye on and be a little bit concerned about, um, especially if it comes down to a situation where we truly need him to pass at the end of the game um, in crunch time. Yeah, I think that would be the concern. You know, the, the Chiefs are going to score some points, right? We're not going to, you know, as much as I'd like to say we're going to go in and shut them out or hold them to seven points, I, you know, they're like probably going to get some points. Um, so, you know, we need to be able to pass if we need to. Um, you know, I do think, you know, the run game could be important. And, and you know, obviously we'll have a full preview show, so I don't want to get too much into the strategy. But, 
Um, you know, I, I just think we are going to have to be balanced and, and we may have to throw a bit. I mean, we're not going to have a scenario where the other team literally can't throw a pass for half the game. Um, so if, if, you know, if it does get into a higher scoring game, we're going to need the ability to throw points. And, you know, luckily there's another two weeks. Um, so, you know, he's going to be what, you know, probably five, six weeks from the injury. Um, so hopefully he's just getting better and better by day and, and hopefully that won't be a concern. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if he'll, I don't think he'll be a hundred percent, but I would imagine he continues to get a little bit better, a little bit better. I think again, not jumping the gun too much, but there, there should be some opportunities for this Kansas city defense, especially with our physicality. I mean, I, I think that's another big takeaway from the 49ers. Like I hadn't seen that level of physicality from this Eagles defense or just Eagles team in general. There's been moments, but I think that was kind of one of the more complete games, especially from a physicality thing. Like you just look at our offensive line and defensive line. They dominated from the beginning of the game till the end of the game. They were just pushing guys around. And I I really thought they would struggle running the game. I, I really, I liked our defensive line against their offensive line. Again, I, not to tell, but I did predict Son Reddick, uh, player of the game, uh, with my 30 to 16 prediction. I, I, I overshot the San Francisco 49ers offense with the 16 points, but I, I was really surprised at the offensive line ability. I mean, Jordan, my lot of pancake and block, you know, getting a pancake block on Bosa. There was mm. really some, some next level physicality uh, as far as injury stuff too. Like we look pretty clean. Uh, Vontae Maddox was in that game uh, looking good. Chauncey Gardner Johnson was all over the field. Like we are really fully healthy. The only injury um, we suffered, it seemed like was, Landon Dickerson hyperextended his elbow. It's funny how he always gets hurt, but that is always okay. Uh, knock on wood. But um, yeah, it, by all accounts, he should be good to go for the Super Bowl. He may, maybe he will wear a brace, but um, yeah, we're we're really in good shape. And man, it's it's tough not to get excited thinking about how good our line is going to be come Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, Sean, I was genuinely concerned about uh, Dickerson there and the fact that I didn't think he was going to be able to come back from that, but it is great to see. And as you were saying with the biggest takeaways, the O-line, D-line, I mean, one thing that was nice to see is uh, the tackling that took place. Now, there was one obvious play where the, when they scored that touchdown, um, that was just pathetic, and I think we all were ashamed uh, in that moment of the team. But, I mean, other than that, I mean, you, you see a couple – um clips i mean cjgj coming up to make plays maddox i mean guys were kind of flying around especially against samuel and caffrey which it was nice they didn't get too many chunk plays now part of that is simply because hey once purdy's out you kind of know there's going to be a heavy run game um so what else are they going to do but at the same time hey they did their job and the only way they could have gotten back in that game is if they were able to break a few tackles and other than that touchdown which at I said about, I mean, they did a good job of wrapping them up. Hopefully it's something that'll take place against the chiefs. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, the tackling is something that is just, 
I, I don't know. It's kind of come and gone. I, I expect yeah. to have a pretty good tackling day uh, come Super Bowl. It seemed like it was it was better normally at home, but you know, again, we let up seven points. It's hard to really uh, get that upset. Let up seven against the Giants, who they had a full. It, it is hilarious how the narrative changes of like, oh, Daniel Jones, look out, red hot Giants, here they come, and then everyone's like, oh, who'd they play? The Giants and Daniel Jones. It's like, wait, wasn't everyone hyping up Daniel Jones all? season is Daniel Jones <laughs> yeah. the guy that they're going to re-sign to this contract and extend him oh what now because we we beat his ass uh two times and beat the Giants three and oh all of a sudden they're not good what happened to that I it's just a classic how the uh the sliding narrative but Rob what about you big takeaways moving forward yeah I think the big takeaways moving forward is uh you know I I like are, I think we can move the ball on offense. Um, you know, the Chiefs, they have a decent defense. Uh, you know, I don't I don't see the Chiefs play a ton, but, um, you know, I think we can focus on our game. And I, I do think it's a game where if you can establish the run and keep the offense on the field, um, you know, it's going to be beneficial to us, keep Patrick off the field. Um, you know, my concern just going in on defense initially is um, – I, I think we got to be leery of the quick passes, right? If they get the ball out quick, it's going to minimize our pass rush. And the Saint in the uh, the Chiefs actually have a pretty good offensive line. Um, I mean, they have a much, you know, they're and I think they're good in pass protection from some stats I've seen. So, um, you know, if they get the ball out quick, and I, I was watching something today where they said if they were the Chiefs, their game plan coming in against us would be get the ball out quick, those like five to seven yard throws. Kelsey, uh, um, you know, you're going to have second, third and short. Um, and you could also move the ball quick to minimize our substitutions on that line, because obviously one of our big strengths is that line depth. So um, we're going to have to be prepared for that. Now, I think at the same time, you know, Mahomes has that uh, natural playmaking ability where he wants to hold on to the ball sometimes and make a bigger play. And those might give us those instances to kind of, uh, you know, capitalize. And, 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 you know, I saw some people talking about that uh, online today. So um, that's my initial thing. But obviously, Kelsey's going to be a matchup nightmare. You know, I would say if there's any weakness we have in coverage is probably our linebackers around the middle. They've had a good year, our linebackers, but I don't know that they're truly elite in coverage. Um, so that would be if I'm Gannon going into this game, what I need to focus on. How can we minimize those those quick plays, especially with their wide receiver core that's pretty banged up right now? I don't know how many got those guys are going to be back, but um, they're not at full depth. I thought yeah. we were breaking down the game next week. <laughs> yeah, well, we're jumping into it a little bit. Rob, Rob couldn't help himself. The real, real thing as fans, can we get a – a a good hype video. I feel like the first hype oh, video please. against the Giants was a complete disaster. This hype video th- that we had recently for the conference champ, it was better, but it was you know they trotted out Dawkins. They I don't know they haven't blasted you know dreams and nightmares. There's it. it and listen, I can get hyped on my own, but man, it is it's been disappointing. I don't Justin, wh- where are you at with the hype videos? We need a good one going into the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think you or Rob, I think it's mostly you keep sending the hype videos. But, I mean, I, I just stand back like this. I just need 
some badass music with just some badass plays like hits that's it i'm a simple man i don't need much more that first one before the giants was like all about the fans or some crap it's like <laughs> i don't care about the fans like just the show me the thing. team and some plays on the field like i want to get excited uh, i do appreciate dawkins and the voiceover but for some reason the way that would e- was edited that third one that you sent i think um that just like something was off about it and it wasn't dawkins fault i think it was more the editing so just get me some music and some some awesome plays and i'm happy it's it's way easier to trash the editor than to trash brian dawkins not yeah i wasn't gonna throw him under the bus (laughs) i mean we just need something to pass the time the two weeks is brutal and you know they're gonna run the same storylines over and over they're already all over the kelsey brothers which is cool like good for them and you know obviously we love jason kelsey um, but it's going to get overplayed, in my opinion, by Ugh. the time the Super Bowl comes. I already heard some people like, oh, the, the team that fired Andy Reid like 10 years ago, like almost like trying to create some like animosity that I don't think exists. I don't, you know, I don't, it doesn't seem to me like Andy Reid has a ton of ill will toward us or anything. Obviously, he wants to beat us, but, um, you know, let's just get to the game and, and I could easily skip the storylines over the next, you know, week and a half. Well, Kyle Brandt, I just saw, brought up the fact that when Andy went over to the Chiefs, Sirianni was the wide receivers coach, and Andy brought in all his own guys. So essentially, Andy Reid fired Sirianni when he was over there. (laughs) Yeah, you want to talk about revenge. Nick Sirianni, dish best served cold. How crazy (laughs) is it that two years from his first, you know, bumbling, simple systems, uh, zoom press conference Amazing. two years later, he's in the super bowl. How awesome is that? It is. It's so it's insane to me to think that that guy is now in the super bowl. I mean, I was just watching his press conference with his kids. Uh, by the way, I, I love seeing his kids at the press conference. My, my daughter loves seeing it when I watch them. she gets into it cause the kids are there with him. Uh, but he, he brought him in and, uh, it's, he's just flowing the whole time. His kids are acting up a little bit. He's, he's calling them out at the same time, but not skipping a beat with the interview. It's amazing. It's a completely different guy. Yeah. He's Mr. Yeah. And, and, and how about too, we should also acknowledge how about the, uh, the, the backup QB uh, coaching tree that Carson Wentz has created. I mean, uh, <laughs> first Nick Foles leads us to a Super Bowl, and now we have his other backup, Jalen Hurts, leading us to a Super Bowl. Yeah, look at I mean, think it, about that Dak and Wentz, uh, like who was going to be the best quarterback, and then Hurts has more playoff wins than both of them. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> it is really funny. Someone had a great – all the all – the, I just love how the Cowboys are catching strays too about Gardner Minshew had a snap in the NFC championship game before Dak. Uh, so, <laughs> so many good, uh, so many good the, lines. The Eagles had a great tweet. Uh, I think after, uh, you know, after the game and, and it was just a picture of Dallas Goddard and it was Dallas is going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is why we need two weeks. We need two weeks to make sure every rock and stone and potential angle of insulting the Dallas Cowboys is covered in our, in our run up to the Super Bowl. And how about, uh, I got to tell you if, if, if like the art museum did this, I would not have been thrilled, but how about the empire state building lighting up green for the Eagles victory? It's pretty awesome. <laughs> that was great. And and it was great. How mad giants fans got and, Oh, people were in there just yelling. <laughs> uh, 
that and yeah, yeah, the um <laughs> the Empire State Building, and then again, messing with the Rocky statue just does not work out for uh for people. So I was just gonna say, like, what Chiefs fan do we need to pay to throw a, a throw a jersey on Rocky? <laughs> well, the game? Rob, we seems to work. We haven't gotten yet to your mission of uh you're going to frame <laughs> a Kansas City Chiefs fan <laughs> by putting by putting a uh, Mahomes jersey on the Rocky statue. <laughs> I mean, in the middle of the night, just show up there, put it on. Oh, it'd be great. <laughs> or it's, either it that does seem or, to be a terrible move. Either that or we need the, you know, uh, the Kansas City mayor to ask if uh, Mahomes should take a paternity test to see if he's the daddy of Jalen Hurts. <laughs> that seems to be the thing that swings games. Oh, what was he thinking? Bank that was the so city mayor, man. Yeah, because so I mean, if the if the athletes mention it in the press conference, you know they they like that little bit of extra motivation. So, Eagles don't talk any shit. No need to uh, no need to get fired up. And in a weird way, I I do think the Chiefs celebrated a bunch for a team that's been to the Super Bowl. And, and again, you have two weeks, so whatever. But it felt like it was kind of personal for them beating the Bengals. I felt like the Eagles kind of took it in stride and I don't know. They considering a lot of guys going to the Super Bowl for their first time. I don't think they over celebrate. That was a good point, Sean. It did seem like a more of an emotional win for the chiefs. Granted it was a closer game, but they really seemed to put a lot into it due to all the shit talking that had transpired with Burrowhead yeah, and all I that mean, stuff being said. There was, you know, Darius Slay mentioned George Kittle saying, you know, the defense looked good on paper, but it wasn't, it wasn't like Travis Kelsey, you know, cutting wrestling promos. It, it wasn't all that kind of stuff that we saw from the chiefs players after their, after their win against the Cincinnati Bengals. Mm-hmm. But Hey, we will be back next week. Previewing super bowl 57. I'll be, uh, I'll be down in Phoenix. If you guys are going to be out there, maybe going to see the Eagles in the super bowl, hit me up, uh, tweet at us at diehard Eagles 52. And of course, uh, subscribe Toss us. Nice uh, rating review. Always appreciate that for the diehard Eagles podcast. I'm Sean stacking the money green for Rob for Justin go birds, go birds, go birds. Go birds.